Well, good morning. We are out here. We're having a lot of good chatter going on this morning out there and in here. This is wonderful. This is what it means for us to, to be the church together and be able to celebrate the life that we have in Christ. So I am excited about the energy that is coming from you all this morning. Let's keep that energy up today. It is Transfiguration Sunday, and we'll be learning more about that throughout the day as we uh, celebrate this uh, one of the holy days of the year, as you can see, it, if you pay attention to the pyramids, they, they change throughout the year. When they're white, there is some significance to it being a holy day of some kind that we are celebrating throughout the year. Uh, so be mindful of that as you go about, and you'll see the colors change as we go into Lent uh, <clears throat> beginning this week. Uh, so uh, let's turn our attention to the announcements this morning. There are uh, several in here. I'm, not, I'm not going to cover them all. I just want to make note of the first couple that are listed in here. Those are, you know, kind of announcements of things that are going on in the, the larger church, the United Methodist Church, and want you to make sure you're aware of some of these things. So, so take note of, uh, of those things. Um, and also, today is Coins for Mission Sunday, so be prepared for when the, the, the young people come out to uh, collect for our missions, our local missions today. Uh, Ad Board Meeting will be meeting... Uh, Pretty much immediately after we're done with service today. So if you're a part of that, make sure that you are make yourselves available. Uh, Mary and Martha will be meeting tomorrow. And last week we celebrated that uh, they were recognized at the conference level for a Go Grant. And we had a great time for uh, receiving that award there. It was a, a wonderful night uh, of seeing all the different things that are going on throughout the conference. Uh, different ideas and different ministries that are coming uh, to different churches throughout our conference. Uh, so, as I said, Lent begins this week. On Wednesday, we'll be having Ash Wednesday service, uh, getting things kicked off, so I encourage you to come out uh, for that service. And on Saturday, the proactively planning for the future, uh, I just want to point out that this is a one of those things that you may think, uh, learning about palliative care, what is that like? What do we? Why would we need to know something about that? Regardless of your age and where you're at, these are things that kind of come to you when you are in a position of having to make decisions uh, about what you're going to do with your loved one or what may, decisions you may need to be making for yourselves. And it's important for you to have that information before rather than in the moment when you're talking with a social worker uh, in that moment and trying to make decisions. This gives you an opportunity to, to hear the information, to be able to process it. And so when those things come and you hear it again, then you are able to make decisions and feel confident about them. So I encourage you to come out and learn more about that on, uh, on Saturday coming up this week uh, at uh, 10 a.m. With that, let us uh, begin uh, preparing ourselves for worship as we uh, listen to the bells bring the prelude for us today.
Please stand as you are able for the call to worship. As we live and as God lives, when fire devours and storms blow us astray, when truth is veiled and confusion reigns, when faithfulness feels beyond us, as we live and as God lives, the one who will not leave us. Please remain standing and join with me in hymn 173, Christ Whose Glory Fills the Skies. Please join with me in the opening prayer. Mighty God, stay with us always, not only in our worship, but as we share the risk and challenge of living our faith. By your powerful spirit, turn our fear to courage as your glory shines in the face of Christ. Shine in our hearts and lives. May your name be praised, glorious God. Amen. Can the children come up and join me for our children's moment? Okay, Pastor already talked about how our altar is bright and shining white. And he talked about how this is a special Sunday. It's, it's a uh, bright Sunday. And then in the story we'll learn in the sermon, um, Jesus was shining his light for sure. Um, 
to his disciples, and, and I believe he was trying to share with us that we have to share our light. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is how we can share our light. Um, and one of those is to, um, as a church, give back to our community and also give back to the, the least of these as, as Jesus talks about in the Bible. When he talks about the least of these in, in a couple of different passages in the Gospels, He's talking about people who might be more in need than others. Maybe they're needy. They have needs that we could help with. Can anybody give examples of people in and around us, in our community or at schools, in our, or our schools that might need a little bit more help that we could possibly give? Any examples? Well, one of my friends doesn't have that much money, so they might need some more like shelter and food. Friends that need shelter or food. Good example. Any other examples? Those are two good examples that actually will connect with what I'm going to say next, so we don't have to have any more comments. <laughs> so one of the things we can do is donate our time, which is service. We could, we, could, we could serve at some of the local places in Greene County or around our community. Um, and other one is we could donate our prayers or we could donate our money. We could contribute to these places that give to the needy, that need shelter or food, and then they could use that money to buy food or provide shelter. So I'm going to highlight just one of the places that we give back to in our community. Um, but actually all three that are in the bulletin I'll give back to homeless and the hungry. Luke, so that was a really good comment. I didn't even set you up. You had those two <laughs> comments. Um, Family Promise is a homeless ministry in our community, in the Greene County, that focuses on homeless families and how to help them. So these coins for our missions are going to go to one of the missions, Family Promise. So it can link directly to the idea of sharing our light with our community. So we are going to... Go around and collect coins. Okay, guys? For Oh, there's already coins in there. Um, we are going to go collect coins, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to pray. And I have, a, I have a little craft for you from the summer, but a, a craft for you that talks about shining Jesus' light, and I have a snack for you after we pray. So let's go collect some coins. Bills are also accepted. <laughs> Um, for our missions. They just don't sound as neat. Yeah, they just don't clink in there as neat. So donations also go to Fish Food Pantry, so giving to needy in need of food and meals, Bridges of Hope, which 
I'm reminded is a single men and women homeless shelter. Hey, Catherine, come up here. We're going to do something. And then Family Promise was a family homeless shelter. All right, guys, let's go put, let's come up here and let's put these on the altar and say our own children's moment prayer on the altar. Okay, let's come up here. So one of the one of the things we can do is pray over this to focus our minds. Come on, bring, bring that. Up. Bring up. Is there any coins in those buckets, guys? Nope. Okay, let's let's bring these up here. Bring the buckets up here on the altar. We're gonna put these on the altar and we're gonna pray over this, just like. There we go. Okay. Jesus, thank you for for the opportunity to give back to others in our community and shine Jesus' light um, and and show show others your light through our gifts, which is the power of prayer, the power of giving back through our service and and what we have been given. So please let us find ways to shine your light this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, please join with us in the prayer hymn, Open My Eyes That I May See, uh, hymn number 454.
The song that we just sang as this prayer time comes in our time together, it really spoke about our need that we have in our prayer time today, about being enlightened. Let us go before our Lord in prayer. Amazing God, we have come together as this body of Christ with our ears and our eyes and our hearts open for you today. But we just ask that in this day that you would truly show us more of you. That you would show us what it is truly for us to see you for your fullness. To understand your love and your grace and your mercy. To understand what it means to be true to you. What it is to be right with you. And right with one another. So Lord, on this day, that's what we we seek. We ask that our eyes will be able to see more of you and understand. That our ears will be open and truly that we would be illumined. And as we were just sharing with the children, as we are more understanding the light of Christ. That truly that light can be shown through us who are one with Christ. So Lord, we are yours and we seek you each and every day to have our lives enlightened. So Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful how you meet us in each and every day. Wherever we may be, whatever we may be encountering. So Lord, we just ask that you be with those that are not with us today, who are dealing with things that have kept them away. Some of it is business and things that they have to take care of, but others is those who are recuperating from surgeries that they've had recently. Or an illness that may just be having them a little under the weather today. Lord, there's always something that is happening in our lives that we have to process and understand. But when we do it through you, things are so much more clear. So help us to keep our eyes on you. That we truly can walk through life with you in a way that is enlightening and able to be a light to others. Let us now share with one voice the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, we just were hearing about the different ways that we are sharing the resources that we have with our community. One of the primary ways that we receive gifts is as our tithe, as our bringing of the gifts that we have in order to establish who we are as the church in this community. So as we give, we know that we are giving both tithes and offerings in all that we do based on how we have truly been gifted and by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Ushers, would you please wait upon us?
Let us join together in the prayer of dedication. Gracious God, you have given your spirit, which is more than we could ask for or ever repay. You have blessed us with your love and filled our lives with your grace. Take now this offering of our hearts and our lives, that they may be instruments of your love and your mercy, your justice and your grace. Amen. Please remain standing for the gospel reading. Our gospel reading comes from Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 9, the transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us, let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. <coughs> then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the clouds. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated.
Thank you, Bell Choir. It's beautiful. Last week, we were reminded that we are not just another charity or social organization in the community. Rather, we are here to be the church of Jesus Christ in our community. We have a call to be witnesses of Jesus, and we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to carry out our call. Our call in and of itself compels us to share the good news of Jesus Christ and His mission to transform the world through His love. You see, God sent Jesus into the world. And God, through Jesus, sent us, Jesus' disciples, into the world with purpose and power to do the will of God. You see, God continues to be on the move. And we must have our focus forward to see where God is going. See, God isn't looking back to where we've been. God is meeting the world where they are today. Revealing Jesus Christ, His mission and ministry to them. And calling Christ's followers to come along, which requires our eyes to not only be up, but to be focused forward. This Sunday is the the, the day the Christian church celebrates the glory of God being revealed in the person Jesus Christ. It is called Transfiguration Sunday because it says in our scripture, while Jesus was with a few of his disciples on the mountaintop, there he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what this was like? I don't think these words or any words can really describe what they saw. But even in these simple words, we are drawn into the wonder of who Jesus really is. In that moment, Jesus' glory, <coughs> excuse me, glory was shown, but also his place in salvation history was on display. He was transfigured and transformed from being simply a man from Nazareth to being identified as the Messiah. The one who fulfills the law, represented in this story by Moses' appearance, and fulfills the prophets, represented by Elijah. And the Messiah brings salvation to the world. We recognize his transfiguration. In some way prepared him to endure what was ahead for him on his way to the cross. So it is on this last Sunday before Lent that we celebrate these revelations. We marvel at the glory of Christ that endured all that was endured, including the cross and defeated death on Easter. 
But if we take a close look at this text, we see that the real focus is not on Christ's transfiguration, but on His disciples who had an amazing experience with Jesus. Looking at this story through the disciples' perspective, I want to explore how do experiences with Jesus direct our focus forward in our faith journeys. Now, if you can, if you have your bulletin, take a look at the scripture that is on the back of your bulletin. Or you can use the Bible that's in the pews. I think there's Bibles in the pews. But I want you to notice the attention that the disciples are given in this text. How many times you see the word them, that's speaking of the disciples. It says Jesus led them up the mountain. The transfiguration was before them. Moses and Elijah appeared before them. The cloud covered them. The voice spoke to them and told them to listen to Jesus. And then ultimately Jesus led them down the mountain. Can we learn from this mountaintop experience of the transfiguration of Jesus before the disciples, before them, to help us understand our mountaintop experiences? Now, first, I I think it's important for us to expand what we might consider a mountaintop experience with the Lord. Hopefully, or I'm sure that there are some that come to mind for, for each of us right away. I can remember a night that I was asked to preach before I was a preacher. I was helping out with the youth in Ashland, Ohio, uh, and with my wife. And at our church youth camp, they asked me one evening to preach up on the hill at 4-H Camp Piedmont in East Ohio. It was so dark that you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. The only light that was coming from candles and a fire that we had lit just so we could find the outdoor chapel that we were to gather in. It was beautiful. I have never spoken the word of God in an environment like that and I, have, I really have no recollection of what I said that night. It was like an out-of-body experience in a peace like no other. The way I see it, experiences like this aren't the only kinds of mountaintop experiences. I want to encourage us all to consider any time, any time we are given a new understanding of of who God is or who we are in Christ or or what the Lord is doing around us nearby or, or even far away or what the Lord is doing right now where the Lord is leading us. All our amazing experiences that Jesus has well brought before us. Sure, the impact of every kind of experience may be different, but all revelations have something in common. Experiences with Jesus, well, it directs our focus beyond ourselves to the Lord. During these encounters, even if just for a, a short time, we acknowledge the Lord's presence in our lives. However, it is important for us to know there is always more to these experiences than just the Lord making His presence known to us. So with that said, let's see what more we can learn from Mark's telling of the transfiguration story. Mark wrote, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with Him and led them up a high mountain where 
they were alone. There he was transfigured before them. Now, I think it's important that we understand the relevance of mentioning that there was six days here prior to this trip up the mountain. If we look back in the scriptures, Jesus had confronted his disciples with the question, who do you say that I am? And as we know, many of us know, Peter immediately said, the Messiah. But after Jesus went on and told them that he would be rejected and killed by the priests and the teachers of the law, and three days later be raised to life, Peter refused to accept that Jesus was going to suffer. And then as if that wasn't enough to, to think about, Jesus went on telling them that the followers of Christ would have to lose their life to save it and deny themselves and pick up their own cross of suffering. So for six days, six days, the disciples traveling with him had this to think and talk about with each other as they traveled around Galilee. It was at the end of those six days we notice that Jesus only took three disciples with him to the top of the mountain. Peter, James, and John. Why them? Were they Jesus' favorites? Were they the only ones that were awake when Jesus was headed up the mountain? Or could it be that Jesus witnessed these three disciples? During the previous six days, desperately seeking to understand more fully Jesus' identity as Messiah. His, his mission. And what that meant for Him and them. When I, when I think back about my personal experiences with Jesus revealing something to me, they have all come when I have been motivated to follow Jesus. They came when I was looking forward to what Jesus uh, desired to do within me or, or even through me. Experiences with Jesus direct us forward in our faith when we are most open and motivated to receive the Lord's guidance. You see, if we are honest, we could be like the other disciples that remained at the bottom of the mountain. We may not be always mentally, emotionally, and spiritually open to what the Lord desires for us. Often our focus is held by, well, a million other things. Truly, it is a matter of discipline on our part to manage the million little things to keep our focus on what Jesus wants to show us. Sometimes what is revealed to us can also overwhelm us in one way or another. It could be being overwhelmed with fear, joy, sadness, peace, or added busyness, we might see it, or, or something else. Whatever our encounter with Jesus may be, we have to be careful not to get caught up in the experience itself, so much so that we, we miss the point of it. Listen to Peter's response to seeing Jesus glowing with glory and Moses and Elijah appearing before him. Peter said, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, 
one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, it says. They were so frightened. I appreciate Mark's added commentary about Peter's reaction to excuse Peter's response. Seems to me Peter was overcome by fear and his instinct was to preserve the experience as if the experience itself was the full intent of Jesus taking them up the mountain. But notice, Jesus didn't even acknowledge Peter. It was in that moment that the cloud covered them and they all heard, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. You see, it's not the experience itself that was important, but the message that was revealed within it. The point I want to make is that we need to be careful not to become over, be overcome by any experience we have and find ourselves wanting to relive it and then lose focus of the way forward in our faith journey. Experiences with Jesus direct our focus forward by providing clarity in our faith. And confidence to follow Jesus in mission. Remember, God is on the move through Christ and His followers. That's us. When we have a spiritual encounter, a a prompting, if you will, or or just a, a message that becomes clear for us, it can be exciting. After Peter, James, and John had been covered by the cloud and heard the voice of God, The scripture basically says all of a sudden it was as if nothing had happened and they stood alone with Jesus on the mountaintop. I think the scriptures leave us hanging. We don't know what the disciples did, but I have to think that they were just giddy. Don't you think they would just been giddy about what just happened? I can see them jumping up and down and, and saying to each other, did you see that? Did you listen to that voice? Oh man, what are the others going to think when we tell them this? They probably wanted to run down the mountain and tell them. But Jesus wouldn't let them. Our text says, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Again, the experience itself isn't the important part. It is the message. And until the resurrection occurred, Peter, James, and John wouldn't have fully understood the message. After the experience, they were still in denial of what was to happen to Jesus and didn't understand what was expected of them going forward. But after the resurrection... They knew. And they were able to share their story then. Experiences with Jesus direct our focus forward as we process and and reflect on the message before we share it. There will be a right time for us to share our stories with others. But the effectiveness of our witness depends on God's timing and and our being able to tell the right message or the fullness of the message. Friends, I, I am confident 
When I say mountaintop experiences or just experiences with the Lord of many shapes and sizes regularly occur in Christians' lives today. And we call them mountaintop experiences because so often God met people in the scriptures on the mountaintops. Today, Jesus meets us where we are. Whether on a mountain, a walk in the park, or sitting on a porch. When we are blessed to have an experience with Jesus, let us remember it with great appreciation. But keep our focus forward to where Jesus desires to take us on our faith journey. Because Jesus meets us to direct our focus beyond ourselves. When we are most open and motivated to receive the Lord's guidance in our faith to give us clarity and confidence to follow him in his mission to ultimately be his witnesses as we share the message and the messages that we receive in God's good timing. God is on the move and Jesus is at work. Let our ears be listening, our minds be focused, and our hearts be open to a meeting with Jesus. All of us can have those meetings. Amen? Amen. Please rise as we sing together from the insert, Shine, Jesus, Shine.
shine, Jesus, shine. Let the Word come and let there be light. The Word is in us. We are the ones that share this light with the world because we already have the light in us. Go in peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.